I can't tell you how normalized feeling unwell is and it's totally unacceptable. Um, we all deserve to be healthy and well, and we all deserve to feel that way. We heal in health and we die through dieting. You feel? Yeah, me too. Let's start the vulnerable and raw conversations needed to inspire. Let's get the experts talking to educate and motivate. Let's come together as a community to discuss what it means to be optimally human and aligned spirit. I'm your host, intuitive gut health coach, Chelsea Haynes, and this is Let's Start Health. Thank you all so much for being here in another episode of Let's Start Health. In this vulnerable place, we share the conversations needed to inspire, educate, and hopefully allow people to be on their own healing journey as well. I am so super grateful, honored, and excited to have a very special guest here today, Miss Lauren Love. And do you always go with your middle name in there as well? Um. It depends on who's saying it. I'm kind of like, whatever comes out of your mouth is meant to be said. Uh, when I say it, it's usually Lauren or Liz Love, but sometimes people are like, it's Lauren or Liz, or it's Lauren Love, and it doesn't matter. Perfect. <laughs> I'll roll then with Lauren or Liz Love, and my middle name is Elizabeth, too. So there's a little synchronicity there. But Lauren is here uh, from small town Connecticut, which is also synchronistic as I'm in small town Rhode Island. And she has an inspiring and incredible journey. She is here to help women live in their power. She is the founder and CEO of the Business Bay brand, which is a resource for women to learn the strategies of growing a business, how to shift their mindset, and ways to adopt a spiritual practice, which just so much speaks all of my language. And Lauren, you also have a really amazing personal story, and I would love to start with that. So um, if you wouldn't mind first just introducing yourself and anything that I might have missed there, and then we can kind of dive in from there into your story. Yeah, I think as you introduced me, I was like, wow, I have to write that down because you said it's so great, Chelsea. Thank you. Of course. Um, no, it really just warmed my heart to receive all of that from you. I... Um, I like to say I've been learning how to be a human since 1989. It has been a very challenging process for me in this lifetime. Um, I uh, grew up on Long Island and had a dream of, uh, you know, I think like many girls wanting to be seen, right? I wanted to be a, a theater performer and a movie star and a singer and like all these different uh, avenues of self-expression and um it really took me down a very unique path in my career, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But I am currently uh, a human having, or I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, right? Yes. Um, and that is really what I'm navigating in this chapter of my life. So aside from being a business owner, I'm also a, a dog mom of two and uh, a, a wife. And we just actually just got an RV and we're going to be traveling the country. So Yay! one of those types of humans. So <laughs> really excited. Um, yeah. And, and you did a great job of introducing me. So thank you. You are so welcome. Well, from one 
proper nomad who is also a wife, we navigate that lifestyle to another. I'm so excited about that journey and following you on that. So let's take another step forward here. So if you wouldn't mind, you have a really incredible personal story of hitting, I guess, what what most people would potentially call rock bottom. And you experienced a very traumatic experience at the age 19. And I would love if you wouldn't mind just to share with our listeners today a little bit about that experience and how shifting out of that inspired you to start the journey of healing to then become where you are now. Yes, of course. Oh, so good. Um, You know, growing up, I was not taught, and I, I think, and I hope that this is different for the next generation of people who come into their adulthood. I was never taught um, how to say yes to sex and how to say no. I was taught always say no, right? Like that was the, <laughs> that was the conditioning of my Catholic school upbringing. And so that, that style of parenting didn't really leave room for knowledge or education that I felt I, when I look back, like I really needed, um, you know, things like learning how to have full self-worth as a woman, learning how to honor your own body and removing the shame around sexuality as it exists in consensual circumstances. Um, I didn't really get that growing up. And so when I got to college and I was lonely and wanted to feel loved and wanted to um, feel beautiful and all of these things that I really was struggling with learning how to give myself, I found a partner who um, became my boyfriend who was really incredibly um, just abusive. And he had his own shadows and his own things to go through as well. Um, But getting down that rabbit hole and falling into this pattern of letting people mistreat you and um, letting, you know, and I don't want to say not every woman lets these things happen, right? But I can look back and really take ownership of where I didn't stand in my power to allow certain circumstances to come through for me. And so my freshman year of college, I was raped on campus and it was very traumatic for me at the time. I'm still, you know, obviously navigating that, but I've done a really great job, I think, of being able to share it with people. Um, I think you're always navigating it, right? Like, yes. that's, and that's important <laughs> to say, right? Like you're always, I thought it would be something where you like close the door and you're like, great, it's over, right? Like no more. Um, but there are so many layers to it, right? So uh, for me, I, after that incident, I was having nightmares. I was missing my classes. I couldn't get out of bed. And so I attempted suicide. And I had this very profound out-of-body experience in the hospital, um, came back into this life, right, which I'm, I'm now just kind of realizing was really like a near-death sort of experience for my body, and was put into a psychiatric facility. Mm-hmm. So at 19 years old, uh, doctors not knowing that all of this was caused by an incident, because I didn't want to share it because I thought I'd get in trouble, that sex was bad. And, you know, God forbid my parents found out. Um, so I went to a psychiatric mm. facility and I fell down this rabbit hole of self-medicating, taking pharmaceuticals to numb my mind, to erase the trauma, to um, cope with what I was now, uh, I don't want to use the word burdened with, but just something that I had to like carry. And mm. um, I did that you know, that journey of psych wards and psychiatric treatments for, oh gosh, I was two, I was 19 until 26. 
So I was medicated for a very, very long time. Uh, mm. And this new season of my life, probably I'd say like in the last six years or so, I have been removing that, right? And and letting go of that. And it's brought on a whole new layer of healing for me, <laughs> uh, but it's been really incredible. So amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And gosh, I feel like we could do an entire episode on just so many things that you brought up there and the layers of healing and the process of constantly shedding and constantly letting go. And every time you think you hit a new layer of healing a trauma or a wound, it just opens up potentially other ones. Yes, yes. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, following you on Instagram, you share so beautifully. And at the end, of, we'll have the awesome opportunity to explore a little bit more of that. But I'd love to take a step forward from there, if you don't mind. And I know recently you've had sort of this resurfacing of physical ailments in your, in your body. And in just a moment, I'm excited to dive into maybe the, the spiritual cohesiveness behind what happened in your past and what's happening now. But I would love just to share with my audience, you know, if you don't mind, what is going on in your health journey? Where did that start? And maybe what were the first few symptoms that you started to experience? Of course. So um, my first few symptoms, like I look back on this and I'm like, well, shit, I don't know where this started. Right. Mm. And I think that so many people struggling with chronic health issues specifically don't know the answer to that question because it is a slow, gradual process. Um, The analogy I like to give for chronic illness is like if you had inside of your home, um, when you walk through the door right on the left hand side, you had a coffee table and every day you walk in your door and you put your keys on your coffee table right? Doctors, um, I think, have a hard time really understanding this. Chronic illness is like if you move that coffee table an inch or two or like a centimeter every single day, like a little bit at a time, you wouldn't really realize that things were moved. And one day you'd walk in and you'd go, shit, why did that get there? Right? Yeah, exactly. it's this Where's moment. the table? <laughs> right. Where the fuck is this table? Yes. Excuse me. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on the show. Of course you are. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, my, my chronic illness was like that. I, I had in my corporate life, you know, I, I worked, I left corporate in 2014, mm-hmm. but in my job, I worked from midnight to 9am. So a lot mm-hmm. of the symptoms I had, you know, brain fog, trouble sleeping, working midnight to 9am is not entirely conducive to not having those symptoms, right? So it's really hard to say for me. But I can tell when I started to notice that they were debilitating for for my lifestyle. Um, I would say within the last two years, I have noticed a a really significant decrease in my energy. I have noticed that my eyes get incredibly blurry after three o'clock. I have a really hard time focusing on things like reading books or writing emails. Uh, My content, I always have to write it in the morning because by the end of the evening, I'm like, forget it. I I have none of that channel available. Um, But those can all, you know, I think for many people, chronic illness is difficult because it can be attributed to so many other things, right? Mm. I are you drinking too much coffee, right? So I stopped drinking coffee. Are you in front of your screen too much? So I stopped doing that. And, you know, suddenly you start to strip all these things back and you're like, well, wait, I'm having these symptoms still. Something really is going on. So I started to do that, right? I started to like strip down some of the 
unhealthy lifestyle patterns that could be attributed to my symptoms and my symptoms stayed the same or got worse. So um, the chronic uh, joint pain has been really challenging. I, I didn't say it, but I think it's important to mention I've been diagnosed with chronic Lyme uh, and I have three co-infections, which are properly known in the Lyme world as Babesia, Borrelia, and anaplasmosis, which can all come from various bug bites, but mm. we don't really know what Lyme is other than it's a spirochete, very similar to the way syphilis looks under a microscope, mm. um, which is very fear-fulfilling for me. I'm like, oh my God, like it's very similar to that. Yeah. Um, and the worst symptom of all started this year, which was this chronic hive rash and my mm. skin and my skin would feel like it was on fire and my joints would ache so bad and I couldn't get out of bed for days on end. Um, and, you know, they have this expression too in the Lyme world, Lyme doesn't kill you, but it certainly makes you wish you were dead. Mm. And, and that's a lot. My heart goes out to people who struggle with Lyme who haven't found solution because it can be incredibly debilitating emotionally and physically. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I hear very common, especially in having these very vulnerable conversations here on the podcast for people is that they, for many years, would write off these symptoms as normal for a very long time. And like you said, maybe whether it's attributing them to other factors in our life or just as, you know, oh, I'm getting old or we just make excuses for the symptoms that we experience because maybe they're not so debilitating yet until that day comes. We're also taught, I think, that it's normal to feel terrible. And like, yeah. that's such a, 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 a weird concept to me, but like, I, I can't tell you how normalized feeling unwell is and it's totally unacceptable. Um, we all deserve to be healthy and well, and we all deserve to yeah. feel that way. I can attest to that as well as a gut health coach. So much of what I do personally with my clients is digging into the real beliefs behind do you truly believe that you are worthy of feeling good? Do you believe that health is your birthright? Do you believe that it's even possible? to start feeling good. And it's amazing how our ego initially will say, well, yeah, of course, like, why wouldn't I want to heal? But then we start to dive deeper into the, well, what are the secondary gains to being sick? And what have I learned, you know, as, as growing up in a society where just like what you said, having symptoms and being sick, or maybe in a family where it's, it's common to see people not feel mm. good. How do you, start to unpack that bag. So I was just going to ask you, are you NLP trained? It's, uh, it was on the list for 2020 oh. and I couldn't do it in the way that I wanted to because of mm. COVID, but it is, well, when, it's on you, the when you said secondary gain, my, I was like, yes, girl. Yes. Because um, yes. any bad behavior that we have or any, um, and you know, being unwell is not necessarily a, a conscious behavior, but any aspect of our life that we're trying to change, there's a secondary gain to that unhealthy area of our life. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had a light bulb around this recently where for me, when my mom had my sister, so I'm the oldest. And when my mom had this, my sister, I was the child where like, she says this all the time. She could put me in a playpen and I would just sit there 
right? Like I, I would just watch people and just be like really calm and chill. My sister was really, you know, needy and she cried a lot and she was fussy and all these things. And so the only time I would really get attention from my mom was when I was sick, right? And so as a young baby, this like tiny little baby, I'm like, oh, I receive love when I'm sick. I receive attention when I'm sick. I'm important when I'm sick. And that started to show up in my life over and over and over again. I remember, you know, being 14 and my mom telling me that she wanted me to go see a therapist, right? And being like, wow, you're paying attention. I felt good. I was like, you, you paid attention to me. Like you want, you wanted yeah. to help me. And that pattern over and over again, we get love when we're sick. We get, we get mm. nurturing when we're sick. Um, and there's also this pattern with food and, and unhealthy eating that's related to that as well. 1,000%. So, yeah, that was a big one for me. I love that you said that. Yeah, it's it's amazing when we start to dig into uh, really those early, that inner child work, those early years and how it formed the beliefs in our mind, those subconscious beliefs, often limiting beliefs that then feed our thoughts, which then feed our emotions, which then feed our habits, which produce our results. It's like this, yes. you know. <laughs> oh. Girl, I love you already. Yes. So there was one post that you shared in particular, and, and you said exactly in that statement, kind of similar to what you said earlier, you said, I thought I was dying. What was that moment? Or was there a breaking moment where you just knew, like, this is it. I thought I was dying. I, I need to dig deeper into, I mean, you mentioned the rashes. Was there like a, a kind of come to Jesus moment where you were like, something isn't right and I need to do something? And if there was, what did you do? So I had that knowing that something was not right for a while. Mm. I think the issue and the challenge I had in taking the action to get well was that the path to getting well that I was presented by friends and family members and my sister who's a doctor and my mom who did Google research, right? <laughs> All of these like presentations of like what I should do were not what I wanted to do. Mm. They did not feel well. They did not feel aligned. They felt totally disconnected. And out of fear of really disappointing other people, I think I, I slowed down my healing process um, because I was trying to make everybody else happy. And there's a very important point to the story, which I'll share. Um, or there's a story to this I'll share. But the, the, I, I'm, dying moment. Um, I was traveling. Whew, I was about to get on a plane to go and serve my rising sisterhood mastermind students. And the entire week before that, I was getting worse and worse and worse. And I couldn't understand because I had done everything right. I didn't, at that point I had done a 21 day juice fast. Oh. So for 21 days, I was just juicing Okay. <laughs> I don't even do I like I'll barely get through one day if that it, it was it was rough yeah. but I, and I felt great at a, one point and then for some reason I just started getting progressively worse mm. uh, before my flight I got on the flight and something was off my gut now this is also really important a lot of people who have Lyme conditions I'm sure you know Chelsea also have really big issues in their gut health um, and they're often ignored or not paid attention to because the other symptoms are, you know, a little bit more of a, than a, an alarm for them. 
like my skin was more of an alarm for me than the fact that I felt bloated, you know? Yes. Um, so I got off the plane and I, I didn't know where I was. Mm. Um, I couldn't pick up my suitcase when I finally figured out how to get to where that was. Um, I got in the car to get to the hotel. And by the time I got to the hotel, I, I was vomiting and shaking and night sweats. And I, I laid down in bed and my assistant at the time she had to call, um, she called Matt, my husband, she ended up calling um, one of her healer friends in the area to come and do some stuff with me. Um, but that was really this moment of like, is my body shutting down? You know, I had, my soul was craving to grow my business and to get to this next level and to do all these things. And my, my body was fighting me. And I think that's looking back, that was a really big mistake that I made in thinking that my body was fighting against me, that my, my body was something that I had to, you know, put my arms up in battle against. Mm -hmm. And, and that really derailed me for quite a bit, but, um, because I didn't have that lesson yet. Um, yeah. So there's just, there's a, there's a lot there. My, my mom, um, my mom came to visit me when I was really sick because she was so concerned mm-hmm. and uh, she had gotten to the house before I was there. I was out doing something and she's talking to my husband and she said, I don't understand. Lauren does this and then she does that and she tries this and she tries that. And I don't Why don't you stop her? Why don't you stop? Why is she doing all these things? And my husband's response was like, because you keep telling her to. You keep pressuring her to do these alternative treatments that she just doesn't and not, they're not alternative, they're Western. Yeah. I'm alternative, yeah. right? But anyway, yeah, yeah, so that's kind of the answer to your question. Thank you for that. And I'm sure, I'm sure that was petrifying. Oh my God. <laughs> on top of everything. And, you know, I, I have an autoimmune disease that manifests as psoriasis, and that came from childhood oh. trauma and stress, and it started manifesting in high school. And the idea that the, and I'll disclaim that I am a fan, of course, of Western medicine and, and treating where it can be treated, but I am also even more in support of a holistic supro- approach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. if you don't believe that you are not all connected mind, body, and soul, well, then you're most likely not listening here on the <laughs> podcast. You're not here. Yeah, you're, you're probably not. You're probably not listening mm-hmm. here. But when, when did that start for you, though? I'm so curious. Yeah, that was in high school. So I was born in 86. So that was probably around my junior year, uh, around the time starting to think about applying for college uh, mm. and the pressures that all that happened. And yeah, it was, it's interesting. It's a, it's a pretty cool story. I share it um, often and all over the place. But it's, it's interesting how now I've been on this healing journey for over 20 years now. And there are still moments when... It's funny too how our skin is such a reflection of what's happening inside, right? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but one of the big things for me as well, and like what you said, was unlearning that my immune system was actually fighting against me because that is so something that is ingrained in us with autoimmune disease. And mm-hmm. I just, in my core of my soul, I just know that God made me in his perfect image. And I, my, my immune system is just not, my immune system is there to help me. And if it's confused, there's something else going on. <laughs> right. And I, I, I do think that oftentimes autoimmune or Lyme or any of these things are actually incredible gifts yes. because you are very sensitive, right? You have now the superpower that you can learn to use to recognize when things feel off or disconnected and, and honoring 
that honoring I think that process happened in college for me you know just reflecting on it was like well at least I can be grateful for this because I know that there's something happening in my life that I'm either ignoring or over Mm -hmm. I'll say overindulging not that you know indulgence is a bad thing but you know there there are times where I know where I'm just pushing those scales a little bit too far (laughs) and I just need to bring it back a little bit to balance so Let's take another step forward here, if you don't mind. And I would love to ask that, you know, on, on the spiritual realm, on the energetic realm, and your emotional body, do you feel that there is this connection between your current symptoms and yes. oh. your, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, of course, the, the unhealed wounds or the wounds that you may still be navigating from your past traumas? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, this is a really fascinating concept. And I think that my, we're all on this planet to feel, right? Being a human is to feel. And being a human is also to see yourself in every, every single person that you have the honor of encountering, right? And along my path, I have met some incredible teachers and healers who have allowed me Um, the safe space and the grace to really reflect and look inward and say, okay, what does this mean about what I've been through? Why is this coming up now? I'm a big believer in synchronicities. I'm always looking for them to the point where sometimes they drive me a little bit crazy. Holy shit. Like, like my first husband's name is Matt and my second husband's name is Matt. And I'm like, what? Like, did I go into a new paradigm? Like, please explain this to me. Um, Stuff, yeah. Oh no, I'm glad you relate no. to that. Chelsea. I mean, honestly, <laughs> even a- even the fact that you're in Connecticut and I only just landed in Rhode Island yesterday and I grew up here. I mean, that to me is just the world is a gigantic yeah. place, and I had no idea that's where you were from. And here we are having this conversation mm-hmm. at this time in this space. It's, none of it's and the fact then. that we were supposed to have this conversation weeks ago, yes. and now it's like here. Right now. Yeah, it's divine guided. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for me, like I'm always kind of looking for those synchronicities, and it's it's not a coincidence for me that the same season of my life that I got fully sober and that I removed all of my antidepressant medication, right? And that I started to wake up spiritually using psilocybin and different psychedelic medicines for healing, like ayahuasca. It's no freaking wonder that like when I'm waking up, all of this is happening. Um, I, somebody said this to me because I just got back from Sedona and I did, I don't know if you've heard of it, Combo. Yes, the, the, the frog, frog medicine. Frog medicine. Um, I, someone said, this is your shamanic initiation, right? This is your shamanic wake up. And I was like, oh fuck. Like, Here we go. <laughs> I thought it was over, right? Like I thought it was done. Uh, but yes, to answer your question, I do believe that my body has suppressed a lot of feeling uh, for a very, very long time. And especially considering that, and this is like, I do want to say this too, no shame or no judgment to anybody who feels like it is their life's path to take pharmaceuticals and to, you know, have that as a treatment to cope with whatever's going on in your life. No shame, no judgment. But for me, um, I numbed myself by choice taking those medications from the age of like 16 Mm. to the age of 20, 26. Um, And I'm 31 now. So like there is a very short amount of time as an adult 
with an adult brain and an adult body that I've been feeling. And it's very new to me. And so um, I can deeply connect my, my healing process in the spiritual sense and in the emotional sense to the physical that's been coming up. And, you know, well, did, did God make you get a Lyme bite, right? Or, or did you just manifest Lyme? It just showed up. I don't care. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I don't, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter where it came from. No, it, no, it does not matter. It's here yes. and it's teaching me. And if I don't see it as a gift, I see it as something to be uh, upset about. And I'm, I'm starting to really step into this place where it is a blessing for me. Mm-hmm. It is allowing me to step into a, a more sensitive energy um, and, and really be attuned to what my spirit is saying. And that's very new. So um, yes, hundred percent. I love that. Thank you. You know, something I always say, uh, often all the time <laughs> is just like what you said, if, if you are on medicine, bless that medicine, you know, medicine is here to help us. And if it's helping you get out of bed and, and get on with your day, then bless that medicine. But if you have this gut instinct, this intuition, this calling deep in your soul to experience a different daily experience, then be relentless on that journey. And we talk about this often here on the podcast is to be relentless on the journey of healing and of remembering who you are and remembering your soul's purpose here on this earth. And remembering, right. That's also, I think a really profound element, right? Like you're, you're not just remembering with your mind, but you're remembering to build, to rebuild um, in the physical sense, of course. Absolutely. And I love plant medicine and, and animal medicine. And that's a, a whole nother podcast that we could do together. Um, you know, my, mm-hmm. one of my first uh, massive shifts in life that facilitated getting a divorce in my first marriage and becoming a yoga teacher was a weekend with ayahuasca and mother spirit in the mountains oh, of North oh Carolina. So that was She told me very specifically, um, go to Costa Rica and become a yoga teacher. And then she gave me all the tools to be able to do that. And within six months I was doing that. And my life ever since has been a really, Oh, I just got goosebumps. I know. (laughs) Did you sit with her again after that? Or did you just sit with her? It's just been the one time. And I told myself after, this is also a really cool little commercial break for all of my, my listeners (laughs) here. I, I had a conversation with her and I said, I don't think I'm ready to do this again. And she said, the next time you do it will be in Peru. And I had booked a flight to go to Machu Picchu in, um, October of 2015. And I actually ended up having to, I had the opportunity to teach yoga on private yachts. And I ended up having to cancel that trip, which I was heartbroken about. But because I did that, I ended up joining one of the most prestigious charter boats in the industry. And I met my now husband on that boat. Wow. Oh my God, girl. I know. This is, um, I don't know if you've ever read Michael Singer. He wrote The Untethered Soul. I've heard of it. I haven't read, had the opportunity to read it yet. I'm going to write it down. Also, yeah, The Untethered Soul. And then he also wrote this book called um, The Surrender Experiment. It's it's really beautiful. I I will be honest. I listened to it on Audible and, and parts of it were incredibly dry. However, it is a documentation of what his life became when he surrendered fully for like an entire I think a couple of years of his life and he like some woman came, this is a side note. Some woman came to his house and she was like, I like your property. I'm going to build my house on your property. And he's like, no, like this is my property and and, uh, surrender, surrender. So he said, yes. 
And years later, his wife ends up renting that, that property. So like, had he not allowed, right. So I think it's, it's so profound, right. Just allow and surrender. Yeah. That's, I think also a big part of being a human is giving up the control body. Oh, 1000%. I'll add one more fun little synchronistic note in there. I had just decided to surrender my first marriage, which was to a Turkish man and, and then embark on this whole journey. And teach yoga on super yachts and the name of the boat was kismet which is a turkish phrase that means the will of god and oh my god i know so here i am just divorcing my turkish husband embarking on this completely new adventure at 30 years old bear in mind so I, it's not like i was you know 20 and and ready to explore i was i had to sell all my belongings leave my life as i knew it in charleston i was a full-time yoga teacher to this like completely new world and it's it's been wow. it's been totally magical so girl let's awesome. dive into more of that connection with spirit I'm so excited to talk about this for a few minutes and and of course being mindful of your time as well and I'm so grateful for it how has your relationship with spirit as soon as I say that it's quite a loaded question right <laughs> how has this shifted your life just go for mm. it <laughs> yeah it's it's my dog agrees with yeah. you. She's the honest <laughs> here. Um, it, it's really transformed it. Uh, it's created it. It's allowed it. I, I would not have anything that I have today if it not be for my relationship with spirit. And to share with you briefly, um, you know, I went to Catholic school and I, I was the kid in, in the back raising her hand and arguing with the teacher about abortion rights and gay marriage and getting kicked out and sent to the principal's office. And I, like, I was always that type of person that just couldn't fathom um, a life without choice and freedom and a life without love. Like that was just always what I uh, subscribed to even at a young age. So I didn't align with Catholicism and I did not connect to it at all, but my parents were so adamant and so conditioned by their parents that this was the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I had a connection with God. I never had a connection with the faith of, of Christianity and Catholicism. So um, I kind of threw all of that out the window when I was 19 because I was hurt by what I went through. And I, I didn't think that that was really my path of healing. And then um, in 2000, so I just to like take you down that journey, when you're living out of alignment and you're covering up wounds and you're, you know, hiding your shadow and you're not really addressing stuff that's going on, the universe will start to try to shake you and wake you up. And when you don't listen, it's like the universe sends you a feather and they're like, here's a little sign. You got to do some work. Right. And you're like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And then she like throws a ball at your face and she's like, you paying attention. And then it's a brick yes. and then it's a Mack truck, yes. right? She drops a whole house on you. Are you um, listening yet? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. I'm so happy you got it. So for me, I was living in this space of being afraid of everything. And I married a man who paid my first husband. Um, he gave me a lot of love and attention mm -hmm. when I was going through my vulnerable time coming out of that experience. And he was very, he was older than me. And uh, for motives I'll never really understand, he pursued me and we ended up getting married. And I came to find out within the first year that he was actually a severe heroin addict and I never knew. So uh, that was really a wake up for me. And I had to break and, and really destroy my conditioning around marriage. Mm -hmm. I was really taught you marry one person, you stay with that person, 
I remember calling my mom and like telling her everything. And she's like, well, I don't believe in divorce. And I had, I had to be like, this is the moment. And I think every woman has this. This is the moment where I say that everything that I've been conditioned to believe does not matter. And what matters is what's here in my heart, not what I've been told by other people. And that was a, a really big rising moment for me. And I, I feel sad when I hear women having those experiences at the age of 60 or 50, when they know that there were moments in their 20s that could have allowed that opportunity of that Kundalini rising sort of, you know, wake up. So um, for me, that was mine. I, much like you, I sold, I left everything. I was like, have the, take the car, take the furniture, I'm gone. And I started my life over. And then um, I started finding, you know, fixing myself and looking at myself and, and healing my heart. And I found my soulmate, my now husband, and we took our very first trip to Sedona. Mm. And it was our very first vacation. I remember my mom, which I talked about her a lot in this episode. <laughs> I got to go back and listen to this. But my mom was like thinking he was going to kill me in the <laughs> desert because he, I met him on the internet. He was like a total you yeah. know, new guy. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I go to Sedona. I'm climbing Cathedral Rock. And it's really foggy and really rainy. And I'm thinking the whole time with him, why did we go on this hike? I can't see shit, mm-hmm. right? What is the point of me climbing up this ladder when I don't even know? And you got to like parts you're on your hands and knees, Cathedral Rock. Yeah. And I get to the top and it was like, it was almost as if God was like, oh, you're here now. Mm. Come on in. Oh, I and I, <laughs> oh, I watched within seconds as all of the fog disappeared and layer by layer, I could see this view for fucking miles. It was gorgeous. Uh. And I felt a presence that I had never in my life felt. I felt this wash of, of God over me. And I remember at 2014, I still remember this. I text my dad and I said, I think I just felt God for the first time. Wow. And I went home and I knew that things were about to change. And within a year, I had quit my job. Mm. I had put all my things in storage. I had moved in with his parents and I was trying to grow my, my business and just helping women. So, um, that was my spiritual wake up. And ever since then, it's just been layer upon layer of like, you know, connecting deeper and looking at myself and building my relationship. And it's now unfolding at a really rapid pace, which feels uh, really cool. And also <laughs> hold really on cool. for the ride, honey. Hold on. Hold on. Um, or don't. Or don't. <laughs> just release. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I love it. I I mean, I too went to Catholic school, Irish Catholic family. I think uh, the only difference really in our story is that my parents had a very public divorce in a small town when I was a kid. So, you know, those, it was interesting because my mom experienced that divorce. So then I kind of grew up like, never really thinking I was going to get married. So then when I did get married the first time, it made sense. I knew this guy for six months. We eloped. He was foreign. I was like, whatever. Like, (laughs) this is just paperwork anyway. I mean, and we did it in love and we were married for six years. And, and, you know, I think if we had maybe, if honest to God, if we had had spirit with us, it would have been a different outcome, but it it wasn't rooted in spirit. And, um, you know, my now, my now husband and I are very, completely the opposite (laughs) yeah that's beautiful yeah it's all rooted and sometimes you need that right like I I think that's also really important to note that sometimes um my my family gives me a lot of uh flack for this 
because I'm a human that needs to like learn through experience and like you know my parents have such a hard time with that like why can't you just learn from what we tell you but sometimes you have to learn what you want and learn what you by learning what you don't want and that's really important for a woman exactly and that's what your soul signed up for you know so I think as soon as you start to be able to just like what you talked about earlier in the podcast and and I talk about this as well it's it's the root of the abundance mindset and, and taking responsibility for your own life and just being ready to say you know what life truly does not happen to me. And amongst all the really shitty things that have happened, they've happened for me. And yes. even the darkest moments of my life and, and not falling victim, victim to them is, is hard work, but it's how you come out the other side and how you can really start to embody your bigger purpose and why we've been brought here and, and manifested as humans in this realm, in this time, in this space. And one thing that you mentioned um, that it brought up this thought for me, it's the five regrets of the dying, which I talk about often. And I think the author's name is yeah, Bronnie Ware. She was a hospice nurse and she interviewed thousands of people through her many years working in the hospice. And she wrote a book called the five regrets of the dying. Wow. And the number one regret is, was I'm, I'm reading the quote here. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Oh my God. Number one, that is the number one regret of the dying. And, and the other four are also profound. I'll leave that, you know, to to the listeners to go check out, you know, it's, but it's, you know, all about truly trusting your gut and digesting your life. I mean, it is really what I've been brought here to do is help women do that and live a life just like what you said, true to as soon as I stopped listening to what everyone else was telling me I should do and was shooting all over myself <laughs> and started just aligning and doing what was calling to my heart. So just real quickly, what are any of your daily spiritual practices, if you have any? Mm, oh, I have, a, I have a little bit too many. Yeah. So um, I think I, I have a lot of practices for work because I think anybody working at home, especially if you're on a path to wellness, a spirituality can be a, a great uh, bumper and uh this protector of of the energy that you want to contain within just work and then your life. So when I sit down for a sacred space, whether it's, you know, a coaching call or a podcast episode like this, I'm always coming in with ritual. And so I really hold intention by activating the elements. Mm. So I'll put on my oil diffuser to just put in that water element. I'll turn on my incense to, uh, you know, have that fire element. And I have my my salt lamp for the earth, right? And I just hold space to just be like, okay, I'm turning on, right? I'm turning on and just thinking about that collectively coming into the energy of work. And then when I'm shutting down, I go backwards and I turn it off and I blow out my candle or I smudge my incense or whatever it may be, or I put my sage around the area and I just hold space to shut off the lights, the candle, the salt lamp, and just come down back into my energy. Uh, that is really profound for me. I am also really a big advocate of something that I call align time. So this is, for me, it's a morning practice. For many of my students who are moms, they do align time in the middle of the day or at night. Mm -hmm. And these are certain rituals that you can do. I talk about it a lot in the business babe community because it's just really profound for me to have certain rituals where I wake up and I, I come into my sacred space, I put on my music, I journal, I pull cards, I meditate. Uh, a really important element for my aligned time practice, uh, and there are tons of recipes in the membership if your students wanna go check it out. But um, for me, it's always about the, the elements of 
activating the mind, the body, and the spirit. So the mind, right, my journaling, my thought process, the spirit is meditation, it's prayer, uh, it's maybe breath work if I need for the body, it's movement, dance, yoga, stretching, whatever may be. Um, and with spirit, it's, it tends to be card pulling as well as the meditation. So that's really, um, those are my practices. And I find I have certain decks that I really love to use. And um, it has been, I, I find the decks to be really, really helpful mm-hmm. when you know how to use them of like listening to what she's telling you. Yeah. And I find a lot of message comes through in my morning aligned time. So those are my two, those are my two big profound daily practices, but now I'm also incorporating healing ritual. Mm. I'm uh, experimenting with bee venom therapy and the combo ceremony. So I'm going to be um, having sacred space in my home for those two things uh, over the next couple of months. So that'll be That'll be really fascinating. We'll see how that goes. Well, and please let me know, because if it's here in Connecticut, I haven't had the opportunity to experience frog medicine yet, so it might be perfectly aligned oh. timing. Oh, girl, <laughs> I, I'll bring you. I have a girl, and I found somebody who facilitates, and she's certified in New Hampshire, and um, the next person, I think, was in Rhode Island, so I, I'm pretty Ooh. sure New, New Hampshire and Massachusetts. That's what it was. Perfect. So well, We're all right here in this little corner of the world, yes. so... Let's step forward again here. Please tell us a bit about the Business Babe brand, your memberships, your offerings, and maybe first and foremost, who do you serve? Yeah, so I serve the entrepreneur and the aspiring entrepreneur who prioritizes her own spirituality and personal growth in addition to the strategy. Um, I actually just got off of a magazine interview about this where I was speaking to just understanding how important it is to have the right strategy for your business and right as in it's right for you. Right. And recognizing what does feel aligned and what doesn't. And and that's really, I think a part of my work that I'm so proud of is I don't, I don't always tell students what to do. I provide them options and then teach them how to intuitively trust themselves to go with the options that feel right. So um, my students tend to be women, you know, all in all different ages, right? I have women who are in their 20s, women who are in their 50s and 60s, who are all trying to make an impact in the world, doing what they love by helping people. And they're also at the same time really trying to grow themselves. So all of the products that I've created in the Business Bay brand are centered around those pillars, the pillar of business strategy, mindset work, and spirituality. And that's really the body, the mind, and the spirit, right? You know, getting what you want physically. Yes but also doing those inner uh, shifts that you need. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and we have, I mean, there's like tons of different things. I, I, I think I will just say, because this is your container and I really want to honor it without selling or talking about anything. No, please do. That's why you're here. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to share your offerings because I think there's a lot of value to what you do. So please go for it. Yeah. So just if anybody feels called, um, businessbabe.com is a really great place to start. Awesome. I can give you you know, another link you can go, and this will be my free gift for you guys, businessbabe.com slash wealth. Mm. Um, that gives you my six laws of wealth audio series, which I think is really helpful. Um, and it, it'll be free for your audience with that direct link. So, um, and there are, there's a whole free library on businessbabe.com as well. So I would just encourage your students to start there. And also I'm on Instagram. My handle is I am business babe. Yes. 
and the podcast, the Business Babe podcast. So absolutely amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for all of that. And I'm so excited. So I mean, I personally, of course, I'm excited to dive in. And also for my listeners here, I know I have uh, many female entrepreneurs who walk in this world with us on the spiritual journey. And, you know, I love one of your taglines, you know, building a business is about building ourselves. And that is, yes. uh, it, it's never, it couldn't be more true. <laughs> it could yeah. not be more true. And just like what we were talking about earlier, remembering, remembering our soul contract and navigating our intuitive path to finding that journey and doing it wholeheartedly and standing behind that. Mm. So do you have um, maybe one or two actionable steps or tools for somebody who might be kind of confused in their spiritual journey? Maybe they're thinking about starting a business and, you know, they're feeling that intuitive hit towards spirit, but they just don't really know where to begin. Where might you direct them or offer them to just to start with that, um, maybe the practice of align time or what would you offer to yeah. someone that's like, Lauren, I just don't even really know where to start. I'm right at the beginning. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so I would first and foremost, just let that person know that you are right where you're supposed to be. Right. I think it is so important just to remember that we all started exactly where that person is standing mm. and it is a really beautiful step to be celebrated and cherished. And, uh, it is, it's a really joyous time. So do your best to allow that in rather than the frustration and the overwhelm, right? Um, the second thing I would really encourage students to do who are curious or uh, open or ready and, and at the same time aren't sure kind of which path to take is to number one, follow your passion. Mm. And that is so freaking important. I look back on my journey and I think of this Steve Jobs quote where he said, you know, life is like a bunch of dots and you don't really understand how they all connect until you're looking back. Right. Hindsight always yes. speaks the truth. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God, now I get it. Yeah. You know, I went to journalism school where I learned to read and write. And when I quit my job, I felt like I failed mm. my television news career, but I use those skills every single day. And I know exactly why I decided to follow that path. It makes sense now. So your passion and your purpose and what you're good at and what inspires you and what lights you up is always going to be the opening door for you to step into. And from that space, when you enter that room, you're going to find another door and, and then another door and it'll be this endless process. But the first step is walking and the first step is movement. Yeah. And so often people are like in that space where they're like, I see that door, but is it the right door? I don't know if that's the door I want. Like analysis paralysis is what I call it. Yes, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It's analysis paralysis. And it is definitely a really debilitating factor because yeah you know, we are really conditioned to believe that once you take one step, that's it, right? Because we go to, we go to college where we pick something, right? <laughs> and entrepreneurship is not like this. Yep. It's like, you're going to walk through that door and you're going to have an experience and it's going to shift you into another place. So the only step that really just needs to be encouraged is movement towards the pursuit of what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And when that thing it doesn't feel as exciting as whatever else is in front of you, then you move and you pivot and you reprogram. So that's, I think my first tip for, um, for the woman out there who's kind of stuck and challenged mm. and, you know, follow the joy, follow the passion and, and take action. And then I think in terms of your connection to spirit, I think the, the same thing kind of applies, mm. which is start with what really excites you. And for me, 
you know, I remember getting essential oils. This is, this was my introduction to spirituality. I got essential oils and someone told me there was a book that you could see what the emotional connection was to certain scents and certain plants. And I was like, oh, wow, this is exactly the oil I needed today. How did I know? And at that time, I had also bought an Oracle card deck and that felt really scary Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable to me. And the oils was the the gateway for me to start experiencing intuition and trust and synchronicity and internal message and divine guidance. And so, um, you know, there may be some tool or some modality. It might be yoga, it might be meditation, but there's something in front of you right now that feels safe for you to step into. And that's often the first step. It's what's in front of you. But I promise you will fall in love with the crystals and the sage <laughs> and the palisade, maybe the plant medicine, who knows? But, yeah. you know, you'll, it'll, one door will open the next. Always, always, always. I love that so much. And it's so funny yeah. how when we think back, it's like, well, yeah, that makes so much sense now. At the time, I didn't know it, but mm-hmm. I'm glad I trusted myself to get there. I talk a lot about that here on the podcast too. So yes. thank you. Yes. One last and final question for you, Lauren. What does the term optimal health mean to you? Oh, I, okay. So you asked that and I immediately just feel this like expansive, limitless energy. And I think optimal health for me is unlimited possibility. Mm. I think that's, that's really what it is about. It is about never having to say that your body is in the way of anything. It is never having to say, I can't go to work because I don't feel good, or I can't read because I have a headache, or I can't put that be- that bathing suit on because I feel uncomfortable in my skin, right? Optimal health is when you can experience your humanness fully and enjoy every facet of life without letting your humanness get in the way. So beautiful and also unique. So thank you so, so, so much for that, Lauren. I am so excited to share all of your links below in the show notes, businessbabe.com forward slash wealth. What a beautiful free offering. And thank you so much for all of us here listening today to um, your personal story, your vulnerability, and of course Mm. your shares. So I so am appreciative of you. This was awesome, Chelsea. Thank you for having me. And uh, to everybody listening, thank you for being Uh, a listener today. It made me feel really special. I wanted to take a quick moment to give you, my community of listeners, some genuine appreciation. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity, and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages. Smartphones make it super easy these days. Or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life who might need this boost of inspiration today. Don't forget to tag the podcast handle Let's Start Health And of course, my account, your host, The Chelsea Haynes, so we can have all the fun connecting, building community, and sharing all the things. Thank you again, and remember, be curious and relentless on this journey to health.